welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. Lightly jazzy. Hello, thanks for coming and being with me again this week. I am excited because you are going to get to meet one of my fave people. Becky Benfield Humberstone is a brand artisan and she's going to explain in this episode what that is but I just love it because it really does sum up her approach to branding. Becky is someone who is absolutely multi-passionate so of course I identify with her completely uh, because you know I can never just have my finger in one pie. I am definitely a multi-passionate person and Becky does it effortlessly and she also helps other multi-passionates brand themselves and their businesses because that's not an easy thing to do actually. If you are someone whose business has lots of different facets to it and you have lots of different things that you're passionate about doing, it can be really difficult to get your branding really cohesive and seen from the same hymn sheet, if you like. And Becky's real expertise is helping people to do that, helping them create a brand that really reflects them as an individual, as well as the multifaceted business that they have. So let's dive in. I think you're going to love this episode this week because it's got some really actionable stuff for those of you out there who struggle with this, who struggle with getting their brand to really feel cohesive and aligned with what you're trying to do, what you're trying to create with your business. So let's go. Let me introduce you to Becky. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant full fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Becky, hi, thanks for joining me. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I love what you've done with the place. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst piece of podcasting ever, but can you do like my little lights? I do. Me? Looking very festive, you know, looking, looking good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I keep doing that recently on the podcast. Poor listeners, they're probably thinking, where's the bloody video then to go with this? Because I keep referencing things in my room. So I really should get my act together and put it no, on. No, that's half the fun. I? It's all about the imagination. You know, what? it's all what you conjure up. That's that's the magic. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for justifying <laughs> that for me. Also, if I did put it on video, I might be tempted to have to take down my don't be a dick sign from behind me. And I don't ever want to have to do that. Mandatory. That's a non-negotiable. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you with me because there is just so many things that I want to talk to you about. But I wondered if we can kick off, if you could just share a little bit about your business, Field and Stone, and about what 
is going on with you at the moment? Well, you know, Jill, that's all a question. Depends on a daily basis what I'm up to. (laughs) 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 So many projects, so many pies. But no, yes. So in my day job, I call myself a brand artisan. Brand? Is that a really posh brand? It is a very posh brand. Brand? I mean, European. No, so... (laughs) A brand artisan, which sounds unusual, but it's, it's meant in the sense of, you know, a sourdough versus a white bloomer. It's the same sort of thing. So I help sort of uh, clients, multi-passionate clients usually, build sort of memorable brands created and crafted with passion and forged with attention to detail. So it's about sort of bringing that holistic approach really to building brands and everything that goes on inside that. I love that. And To be honest with you, this is one of the main reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you today, because I know that one thing a lot of my listeners struggle with is being multi-passionate when that comes to branding themselves and their business. Because of course, we're always told, aren't we, that we've got to have this cohesive brand and we've got a niche and we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And for our poor old multi-passionate people out there who don't just have one thing that they want to do in their business or one audience they want to work with, I think they're left quite overwhelmed when it comes to branding themselves and branding their business. So I was really keen for you to come and talk and and maybe just help us out with that. What is the best approach to take when you are multi-passionate? It's a really good question. And it is one that I think a lot of people do struggle with. You have to remember the common theme with somebody that's multi-passionate is the the individual themselves. That's the, that connects everything together. And also what I always say to people is, you know, it's a benefit to have be multi-passionate because it's like a polymath approach. You know, you what you take from one area, you can apply to another. And it's a way of tackling problems differently. So it is a very big strength. And I think for people that are multi-passionate, it's something you shouldn't hide and you should be sort of proud and allowed to say it. I 100% agree. I feel like we have been made to feel a bit guilty about being multi-passionate. I've always said this. I've always said, I've always had lots of things on the go and things that I'm interested in. And you know, people will tend to say, oh, I know they kind of label you as a bit flaky. But I have always looked at it as a strength. I am not afraid to try new things. And I'm not afraid to experiment and fail if necessary. So I really love that you're kind of helping us reframe that multi-passionate into a positive. It is. It's a very big benefit. I think that's also the other thing that we sort of touched on. You know, I think some people possibly find it a little bit intimidating because you have had that experience of so many different things and tried so many different things. You have a point of view and and an experience on that. Sometimes it can seem a bit overwhelming in a way, especially to the outsiders. Yeah. But I think for for somebody that is multi-passionate and how to get that across to your audience, especially in a business setting, it is just embracing it, being honest. And, and talking about it with authenticity and passion, really. You know, that's who you are at the end of the day. And that's what you need to remember. You've got to channel what you do and don't be afraid to talk about it. And you said something just now that was a bit of a, I guess it's something that is quite obvious, but the way you said it really hit a light bulb with me, that when it comes to branding, and being multi-passionate, having more than one thing on the go, the thing that is in common is you. Your personal brand doesn't change, does it? No, that's the thread that ties all, everything together. It's you at the end of the day. That's where it all comes back to. So, for example, if you're doing a LinkedIn profile, that is about you, you as a person. On a LinkedIn profile, 
for example, in the about section, you could showcase all of your lovely, you know, all your different what you're working on in that little about in that little about section in those two thousand six six hundred characters. But then in the experience section, you can then go into each one in detail, and that's where you can bring in each of their individual brands and showcase that each one in a different way. But the thing that ties them all together is you as a person, so you as the individual, and that's that's the key. That makes so much sense, and that is a question I get asked a lot which is around LinkedIn. LinkedIn profiles seem to be the one thing that really trip people up when they do more than one thing. You know, when they, I don't know, maybe they coach, but they also do consulting. So like I do, but then they also have courses on different topics that they're interested in. And maybe they also have a bit of a done for you service because they have an interested in creating journals or something like that you know that's a lot of different facets to represent isn't it but actually you're right it's that common thread is them as as an individual that's where they start right it is and that's that's what sort of ties get if you look at each one individually yes there are their own individual brands but it's how you as the person bring all those together and almost they all complement each other in a way I have clients who have have multiple businesses and have wild hobbies and passions of different things. But when you actually break it down, you can see how they like. I don't know. For example, I do I do taekwondo. So for example, so somebody does taekwondo, they are passionate. You know, they're dedicated, they're focused, they're they're keen to learning new things, and that also would apply in their business. You know, they they transfer those. Mm. The skills are transferable. That's what the key is. And that's where if I would work with work with somebody that has multi-passionates, you know that they have a, an immense amount of experience and knowledge and expertise that can be applied in, in different situations. So never a negative, always a positive. So just think of it. Pa- multi-passionate is positive, not the other way around. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. And I know like with your... The work you do with your clients on branding is a very, you take a really kind of holistic approach to branding, don't you? And I'd love it if you could kind of talk us through that a bit. I know that one thing you've always said to me is that there isn't one size fits all. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know a bit about how you work with your clients and why. It's a very good question. The way way I sort of work with my clients, it it becomes part of me in, in a way. The way I work, I get very deep and very, I dive very deep down into what makes that brand special, unique, totally different to everybody else. But it's also looking at that brand from an overall point of view as well. For example, so if I'm, if I'm brought on to do social media or, you know, an email sequence, instead of just working on that in, in silo, in isolation, I will then ask them to look at the rest of the business. Okay, so what's the strategy? What's the vision? Where are we going? What do you want this to do? Because the problem is a lot of people will ask experts for help in a specific area, which is the right thing to do. But what a lot of people won't do is they won't look at the bigger picture to see how it's going to fit into the rest of everything else. Mm. The best email sequence in the world won't work if the rest of the marketing is not singing from the same sheet and doing the same thing. It's not going to work as well. So where I come from, Yes, I can help you on a certain part if you want me to, but I, what I will do is dig deeper and look and see how it's fitting in with the, the whole brand, the whole business. Where do you want to go? And let's work it backwards. 
Yeah. I can see how that must happen a lot where people are trying something in their business and maybe one bit isn't working or they try something new and it doesn't work. So they automatically think that they just didn't do that one bit well enough. But the problem is the foundational work of building a brand is so important, isn't it? That if that isn't actually right, it doesn't really matter what you layer on top of it nothing's ever going to work as well as it could do if you had those brand foundations right correct yeah so before i'll take on any project i will take the time to actually understand the brand we'll go backwards and right we'll look at the brand so what is it you stand for what is it you want to do why do you you know answering all those key questions and a lot of the times it is those hard questions you know a lot of people fail to do that work or they skip that step thinking oh, i'll do it later and you know but if you you know really understand what the brand is what does it sound like what does it feel like what does it want people to feel when they interact with it you know it's all those little details which then Mm. sort of create that base that foundation you know the building blocks from which you then build upon it's like building a house it's exactly the same if you haven't got those foundations right you can build as high or as far as you want but it's the foundations that they're shaky you know that's the problem a fixer in a way a fixer from that point of view you know if I go into a brand and, and yes we do discover it's it's shaky then we'll go back and fix it you know we will start again you know and that's the fun bit that's the exciting bit you know it's that opportunity to you can create whatever you want it's yours at the end of the day you can do to decide a bit like what you always say so no Jules Jill, what you're always saying about full fat businesses it's, it's about embracing and living that full fat version and never settling for anything else and well, you know how I feel about that. I mean, oh my goodness. Oh, I was just actually, oh, now what was I listening to this morning? I think it was a podcast. I can't think whose podcast it was now. I'm so sorry. I will try and remember and credit them. But I was listening to someone saying this morning that actually building a brand, it's really difficult to be brave enough at the beginning. Oh, yeah. No, it's very easy to play it safe, you know, just to say, or to sort of go with the light sort of framework, you know, is that, well, this is what I want to do. And this is, you know, I'll just do it anyway. Instead of taking time to think about, okay, what's the real reason? What am I actually delivering? What am I, what am I, how am I changing people's worlds and what, how am I impacting them? You know, you need to answer those really, they are tough questions. They're really hard. Even on my own, it's really tough to sort of get those answers, but it's well worth it do need to spend the time do you think people always get that do you think people always get how important it is to I I do feel like sometimes people don't really listen to that message that understanding what the mission for your business is what your brand values are all those foundational pieces I think people hear it on the surface level until they work with someone like yourself I'm not sure they ever really understand why it is important what what would you say to those people yeah the problem is you can do business without them in theory you know you can operate without actually having the understanding of what actually does matter but the difference is is when you do know what those values are what is important that's what sets you apart from everybody else that's what creates the memorable brands the standout brands the ones that you are loyal to until the day you're not here sort of thing you know that is what makes the difference and it can be those tiny little things thinking about like your customer journey and you know how you look after them and how you treat them and do you bring them along on the journey and it's all those little things so for example like you know I have clients that send send cards and little 
cards of encouragement and gifts to people, you know, when they launch things, you know, and it's all those little details it makes the difference. It's the small things that matter, as, you know, as the saying goes. That all comes back to values at the end of the day. It's about thinking what's important and how that translates into your business and how you actually operate and do the things you do. I do think that that's such a good example, that customer journey, that customer experience, the small things that can go into giving a client a really fantastic experience of working with a business. I do think that's a great example of how brand is so much more than just that look and feel of the aesthetic, which is, and we've heard this, I think everyone's bored of hearing it, brand is more than just a logo. But I think that's such a good demonstration of it because I don't think people ever think wide enough when it comes to their brand. They might think about having a cohesive look and feel and they might take it further and think, okay, my messaging needs to be on point. I need to know what my, you know, what are the themes that I'm going to keep talking about so that I have this cohesive brand messaging, etc. But I think the businesses that are really successful are the ones that go wide as well. They do take into account that whole client experience. Their branding doesn't stop once a client's enrolled. It carries right on through the experience of the client working with them. Definitely. Because I'm quite intrigued by your approach as Uh, like you say, you refer to yourself as like a brand artisan. And I know that for you, that's because you really feel like there genuinely is no one size fits all. What are the things that you see as being very bespoke for each client that you work with? What are the things that tend to differ between different clients? The difference between clients it can be big and small. You know, it could be the the approach or what they're aiming to do. It's such a unique thing, isn't it? You know, everybody's different and it's the same for brands. There is no two that are identical, but that's also the magic mm. because that's what sets you apart and remembers one than other. That's why I work bespoke. It's not out of the box. This is what works for one. This is what works for you. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that individual approach that is makes the difference because it, that way also you you know you pick up on the small details the little things that matter that's what makes the difference and how you can get that cost in in everything you do because so when I work with clients so we start on the branding but I'm also as a copywriter as well so obviously we get that over in the words and the copy and the content and everything like that so it all goes together the way you work with your clients is you can kind of, I think you're quite unusual in the way you work with your clients because you can either offer just from a strategic standpoint, but you also offer some elements of done for you copy and things like that, don't you? I do. I, yes, as I say, I don't work like anybody else and, and that's, that's the fun bit. <laughs> so I'm a bit unusual in that I will tend to try and work always with one client at a time. So I will not juggle more than one. Um, it's one client. Mm-hmm. At one time, which the bonus is, it means I can really sort of immerse myself in what your brand is. I get to understand everything about it, which is great. That's pretty radical. It is, but I love it. I don't think there are that many businesses nowadays where they will be brave enough to say, you know what, I'm going to take on one client at a time and I'm going to absolutely do kind of cradle to grave for that client in terms of of what they need. And I, I just, I really love that approach. It is a little bit, not self, I was to say selfish, but it is, it is in a way because I want to really give the top service. I want to be able to answer 
any questions you know about your business and I will know the answer that's how detailed I want to be I know it sounds tough but I've got um, a client that's a, a chain of coffee shops independent British flying the flag high and proud and you know I've become a coffee expert you know I can tell you exactly what the mix is in the coffee and, and why it matters and things like that and that's what I want are you a coffee I am I'm an official I oh, know it's, it's amazing <laughs> but it's that sort of thing you know I need that's how level of detail is I want to know I want to know where that coffee comes from I want to know you know how you roast it for how long what measure what grams what water you use what cups you use where do the cups from from are they recyclable are they not all these details so what difference does that make this is what I want to understand as a brand artisan I want to know why is it important to you to go that deep with a client that you're working with what difference does that make to your client because when I write any copy or content or plan any marketing or anything strategy wise I see the businesses they you do so Mm. I can then look at it from my point of view and say right we need to this is what we need to talk about this is a story that needs to be highlighted so for example like with the coffee shops they use recyclable takeaway cups they have zero waste policy they're little details but they're actual stories that then you need to talk about on your marketing you need to do this on social media you know you need to tell those stories like you say those little things are the things that set them apart aren't it is and if you didn't know about them what i'm saying is if you didn't dive deep enough to actually understand them and know the reason why you'd never know to highlight them you'd never know right this is what people need to know about you need to be speaking about this or getting this across in in on your social channels or on your website or whatever form of marketing you kind of fancy and that's what it's about you know it's it's about getting those individuality across that's you know that's the key that's why is I I go so deep to try and understand that I want to bring that to the surface that makes complete sense it makes complete sense and so in terms of the service that you offer where does that start where would a client coming to you what is that first building block if you like (laughs) usually the first block is sort of uh it's something they think is a problem um so for example it could be can you help me with a a landing page or can you help me with a a sales sequence or a website and what you usually discover is that yeah of course i'll help you on that but as we because we dive so deep and we go backwards and work on the brand you'll then discover actually well actually no this is it's not this is the problem it's something else is the problem It's, it's an interesting sort of process because you this is why i tend to try and work on everything is because you start on one thing and then realize actually no no that's not the that's not what the problem is it's something else and you need to fix how do I, I explain it to people is in your house if you have a problem with the electrics and you get an electrician in they don't come in and just change the light bulb they come in and test the whole thing to make sure it's all working and it's exactly the same in this process yes I might get called in because a light bulb's not working or whatever but I will test the whole thing to make sure it all works together and that's what it's about. It's about making sure everything cohesively works together towards the same goal, driving in the same direction, and everything's working as it should do, showcasing everything. Becky, I'm interested in what do you find is the most common thing that clients will come to you with that they think is their problem mm-hmm. that's actually the real problem is something else? Oh, easy. Social media, without a doubt. Because, (laughs) well, so they'll come to me to sit with the social media saying, oh, it's not working. I'm on four different platforms. Nobody's talking to me. You know, I'm not not getting anything from it. Can you help? 
And obviously the answer is, yes, of course I can help. <laughs> and what we once you start digging and finding is the, the problem is usually, A, it's about the branding. So they haven't figured out who they are. They haven't figured out who their clients really are, how to talk to them about what and how they help. So it's going back to that bit. And also you'll find with social media is that people do stretch themselves too thin. You know, they, they take do platforms because everybody else is doing them, not because they want to do them or they like to do them. So I will usually go in and say, right, these are the four platforms. Which ones do you actually like doing? You know, which ones do you prefer? And we will strip it back to the two, you know, two basic ones or even one. But then also with the social media, I'm a little bit radical in the sense that I will also help you drive people from social media to your own platforms. So I'm talking your newsletter, your website, your own blog. Because the thing to also remember is you don't own social media. All the contents and all your everything that's on those platforms is not yours. So the key is also is to try and have something that you do own, as in that is always your closest community. That is your email list, your the people on your blog or the people that visit your website. Those are your sort of inner circle of fans and followers. Those are the ones you need to look after. So that's what we want to cultivate with them today. I think it's really interesting. I've I've heard a couple of real horror stories recently of um, people who have had a massive reliance on a large social media following. And I've seen a lot of influencer marketing where pe- you're hearing people say, you don't need a website anymore to direct sell from social media. And I just think it's incredibly shaky ground to do that. Like you say, you don't own it. You have no control over it. The algorithms dictate who sees what. It's just, it's a strange strategy to me to build a business on that basis. So I'm I'm really glad you said that because I couldn't agree more. I think it's really important to drive that traffic. And, And I think that comes down to really knowing why you're using social media. Because I think a lot of people actually kind of blindly are on social media and they're reading tips and top strategies for using this platform or that platform without really knowing what they're trying to achieve. From no, it. and that's the, that's what comes back to the brand. You know, it comes back to the beginning. Okay, well, why? What are you doing? You know, where do you want to go? Okay, and then why? As you say, why are you using social media? Some of them will only use one platform, or some which are trying to get away yeah. from it altogether. And at the end of the day, I help build the brands that are future-proof, the ones that will stand up to the test of time and will be here and not ones that do rely on social platforms and, as you say, shaky ground. I love that concept of having a future-proofed brand. What does that look like? What does that mean when you say Future-proof. So it's adaptable and it's it can adapt to whatever it comes its way, basically. It's like water, so it, it can adapt and flow round the roadblocks and the rocks in the way or where and it's also a brand that is timeless in a way because it knows what it wants to do and it knows where it's going and it, it it's really just it knows in its heart what it wants to do it's just it understands where it's going and when a brand has that it really just can sort of weather anything that comes its way you know whatever's in that unknown crystal ball sort of thing it can it can navigate that. Oh, I love that. Something the word you just said really resonated with me. It's timeless. Yes. A good solid brand is timeless and it isn't a pale imitation of someone else's brand. It isn't a kind of regurgitated bland copy of what a popular trend at the moment in terms of 
branding, messaging, all of that kind of thing, because I think that's the danger, isn't it? That it feels safe to copy the exact way someone else does it, especially if it's someone in your industry who's further ahead than you. The temptation to look at what they're doing and try and somehow cobble together a replicated version of that business is tempting. But you're so right. Timeless brands are the ones that take the time to figure out who they really are and build a brand around that. That's never going to look the same as someone else's. No, exactly. And the thing is, the key is it takes a lot of time in the beginning, but it's like a snowball, you know. So once that brand knows who it is and gets up and going, that's it. They're on that track and there's no stopping them. Whereas, as you say, if you copy someone else, yes, it could be trendy for a little bit, but then it's, it goes out and then you always have to stop, start, stop, start until you do get in that groove. The other way, yes, it, it's like a, a crescendo. It starts the slow, but once it gets up to that full volume, that's it. It's, it's often, often running. Yes. Oh, I like the thought of a brand building to a <laughs> It's a cool sort of visual, but it, it kind of, it makes sense. You know, it is that tell you what it's like orchestra isn't it you know you've got to have them all playing in the the right right suite of music the right chords the right sounds but together it is that sort of they start and it just becomes magical doesn't it you know they're all together and that's such a good analogy for your way of doing things as well because I know you're always saying that it is bringing everything together It is not one thing. You cannot have a successful business where your messaging, for example, is absolutely on point, perhaps, but you look like an absolute pound land or budget. Do you know what I mean? Like that is never going to be a premium brand. Similarly, you can have the most sophisticated aesthetic. And then if your copy is just amateurish and doesn't speak to your ideal audience again it's not going to work it's pulling it all together for it all to work in unison like an orchestra correct i like that analogy no it is i don't think also what comes back to it at the end of the day is how you want it to be if you want it to look luxury but sound high street that's fine if that's what you want that is what you can have but i would work with you to sort of see whether that is the right thing you wanted to do is that how you want to be seen and who is that going to appeal to because at the end of the day that's the entire raison d'etre of a brand is to resonate positively with the people who you want to actually give you money and buy from you so I think that yes it has to you have to love the look feel and sound of your brand but your customer has to too. People do business with people at the end of the day. And that's what it's about. You know, it is about a brand has to be personable. It has to be, it has to be a person in a funny way. I always explain to people a brand is a person. You have to understand how it looks, how it feels, how it acts, how it dresses like, what words does it use? What does it like to say? How does it walk? You can be described as a person because you do have to understand it to that level to be able to then bring out the best of it really yes exactly I'm just thinking say if we've got people listening in who are either just starting out on their business journey or as they're listening they're kind of identifying with perhaps they haven't got the most cohesive brand for their business where should they start firstly that's a very good place to be because it means that you're there's a 
it's a chance to start again. Not start again, but it's a great place to be because it means the dream is back on. Yeah. And it means that you've recognised where the issue is. Well, you've recognised, but also that means that there's ability to change it. It's when you don't recognise it and you charge straight onwards, that's that's a little bit of the danger because you just sort of veer off down the wrong thing. I would recommend for anybody is to go back to the basics. Look at your brand. What are you doing, basically? What do you want to achieve? Who's it for? How do you help them? Do you actually help them? You know, it's all these little questions. A lot of it is coming back to the positioning as well for your brand, isn't it? That's the the front end, isn't it? The positioning. It's the, the who, where, what, why, and then the how, isn't it? You know, who, who do you serve and why? And then that's when you build on top of that. You start to then build, rebuild it. But if you are going in the wrong direction and you feel like you are going in the wrong direction, you know, the key is to, to not panic. The key is to just stop and think, right, let's have a assess the situation, reposition, pivot, juggle, whichever. The nice thing is it's yours. You can do that. And you can do that as many times as you want to until you get it right. Yes. One thing I see a lot of people making a mistake of is that they'll think, well, I've already changed X, Y and Z. So I'm stuck with that now because I can't possibly change it again because that would be awful. But it's never better to stick with something that isn't working. Um, It's always better to change it, even if you're changing something more than you would want to. Do not live with something that you know isn't working no yeah don't put up with it if you don't like it change it you know and and i think that's also a hard one to learn is that you are responsible for your success at the end of the day you know it's you are the one that it it has the ability to change it to control it and i think sometimes that's a hard thing to do which is why i suppose why people work with me because it is that shared responsibility in a way you know you you have got that second pair of eyes a perspective looking at it which does sometimes make it easier to do you know I think that's the other thing probably to add into the mix you know if you do you are in that position do ask for help do ask for other people's opinions go and yeah just connect with somebody else talking about LinkedIn or whatever but you ask an opinion what do you think about this what do you think about my brand ask somebody that's never even seen your brand before what do you think I do and then listen to the response oh that's such good advice because we don't tend to do that no, because we're afraid of the answer half the time. We don't want that feedback sometimes because it's out. A business is a very personal thing. A brand is a personal thing. It's very, especially when you create one, it is yours. You want to protect it from anything, positive, negative, or anything in between. And when we ask for that feedback, we are opening ourselves up to that criticism. But you do have to remember that that criticism could be the key to taking you to where you want to go. That is a hard hard lesson that I think everybody would agree that they probably struggle with. I I love that advice. Seek out some feedback. And that question you said, ask people, what do you think I do? You know, what a powerful question that is. Well, because you'll find the answer. For example, you know, if you are like, uh, I don't know, even like a health coach or something, you know, something like that. And you ask somebody that's completely not connected, what do you think I do? And they turn out and say, oh, I think you're a painter and decorator or something you know you you know that you, you're completely wrong <laughs> then you've yeah i know but problem. I, yeah i couldn't think of a good one but it, it's that valid you know that question you know but if they come back with the straight answer which is near enough what you do you know that your messaging and what you're putting out into the world is the right stuff which could then mean that if there is a problem or you feel there's a problem then it's somewhere else so on that note i would love to know if you're happy to share how 
our audience can contact you if this is resonating with them and they would like some advice and some feedback. You know, do you offer a chance for people to maybe have a chat with you or, you know, what's the best way for them to reach out? Jill, I will chat to anybody. You know that. I will help out anybody. (laughs) Anybody. You know, Becky, can I just say, Becky, you are one of the most generous entrepreneurs I think I've ever known. You are incredibly generous with your time. And I love that, you know, that true, true, abundant mindset for you and your business which is just lovely my thought is that we're all in it together and we all we all help each other and have the brands and things we want we've always wanted so if i can help you that's the cool thing so you only find me on instagram and linkedin so i'm those are my two i'll link to both of those in the show notes can people shoot you a direct message send me a message smoke signal pigeon whatever you fancy i will usually answer most things <laughs> on my instagram if you have a look it's completely different to uh, everybody else's you can see how i've uh, decided to do something different on my online as well which is the fun stuff Ooh, check it out yeah because it really is quite different so um, have a look i would urge you to check out and honestly seriously if you're listening Take Becky up on that. Reach out to her. Send her a message because I know she'll reply. You're, you are a very true to your word person. So I know she'll reply. Do take advantage of that. Any questions, you know, just ping me. If you want me to have a look over your copy or, you know, look over your brand, just ping me. Honestly, just ping me a message and I will just look at it. Because the thing is, you, sometimes it's just literally a, a second perspective, a second set of eyes, you know, that make the difference. And also, you never know, even if I can't help you, I'll probably know somebody that does or, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like all the uh, multi-passionates, you know, I, I have a few <laughs> skills and things <laughs> up the sleeve. So you never know where we can help. Yeah. For anyone listening, Becky is also a phenomenal writer. and She's a published author as well. And yeah, so she has, she's very modest, but she is someone who I find really inspiring for writing and, and we will often write together in companionable silence, won't we? Here we are. And, uh, and we get, we get in there, you know, those books are coming together, which is great, you know. They are. They are taking shape. They are taking shape. Which is really, really good. Becky, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed talking and I think this has been a really interesting episode and I really want people to take you up on your very kind offer to reach out to you because I think branding is something where you cannot get too much help. It's something that fresh eyes looking at your messaging, for example, could be so valuable. That question that Becky said about asking people, you know, what do you think I do? Another really good question like that is asking people, so when you read my copy, my messaging, who do you think I'm trying to attract? No, it's a brilliant question. It's a brave thing to do because you are opening yourself up. Yeah, but it's a think of it as a positive. You know, this could be the moment that you figure out how to take it to the next level or how to sort of open up that sort of different customer you're you're trying to reach or something like that. Think of it as opportunity. All right, just always an opportunity. You never know what's around the corner. You never know what that other person will say or where that might lead, and that's the fun thing. That's the fun thing. Love it. Wherever you want to go. But no, honestly, anything I can do to help everybody, you just give me a shout and um, you know what to find. Ah, that's so brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you again for being on the podcast today. And I will speak to you again very Thanks, soon. Thanks, Love you speaking to you. And do come on again oh, soon. More than welcome. Thank you, <laughs> Bye, Bye for now. Bye. hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible 
If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help me put more heads together, reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now. Bye for now.